2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Filling in for Bill Ryder on Writer Than You today here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Can. All right, we're going to rock it out to the Diamond. About six and a half weeks left to the baseball season and we've got some decent races. That's just one of many things I'm going to talk about. With my next guest joining the show is Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman. Insider Calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sports book just don't want you to see. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Mr. John Heyman joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Been a minute. How you been, J.H.? Good.
3: How are you, Jody?
2: Always good to catch up with you, my friend. Um, how many home runs is Aaron Judge going to hit this year?
3: Well, 65. That's what he's on pace for. So I'm going to go with 65.
2: And that, of course, would be the all-time American League home run uh, record. And that is uh, something that Aaron Judge could certainly hang his hat on. Um it was weird back in March, and I know you were following it, as was I, uh when the negotiation between the Yankees and Judge actually got leaked to the media. What numbers had been exchanged, what the Yankees bet offer uh best offer was. I thought it was a fair offer. It wasn't a blow the doors off the hinges offer but it was a fair offer for where judge was in his career and his age a little late to be getting a free agency And like i don't think the yankees offered him a uh, we need a hometown discount uh, type offer but judge turned it down and he kind of bet on himself i'd say he's winning that bet um what do you think the ongoing relationship is between judge and the yankees as far as his contract goes is there even one, or do they all just stay narrow-focused on what's happening on the field?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Judge said he didn't want to talk about the contract or negotiate during the season because he wanted not to be distracted. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think he, he has done that, so I give him credit. Um, you know, they haven't talked about it since, so I think it's all good. I mean certainly when they were not able to come to an agreement and they're so far apart, you know, they're not on the same page, you know, you can probably surmise he wasn't thrilled at that time. Um, I agree with you. I thought it was a reasonable offer at the time, but, uh, you know, he certainly did bet on himself and he has won big. I mean, at this point, uh, I think they'd be fortunate if he just, um, if they just gave him what he asked for at the time, which was, about thirty six million a year over eight years, I mean at this point, uh you know he's having one of the greatest years anybody has ever had, so probably earned that money at this at this juncture.
2: Timing is everything in life. um I've thrown this by a couple of uh, guys like yourself, uh, national MLB uh, writers and prognosticators. If I gave you your choice of where Aaron Judge is going to land next year, and the two choices were either. Mets and or Yankees or the other 28 and 28 teams in Major League Baseball, which would you
3: take? Oh, I think he'll be back with the Yankees. Um, I wouldn't even need the Mets there. I, I don't think the Mets are going to – you know, the Mets have their own guys to try to retain, right? They're all having good years um, right now. I mean, obviously Nimmo is a free agent. Diaz, who's been the best closer in the game, free agent. <clears> Taiwan <throat> Walker who has been terrific free agent. And uh, DeGrom will be a free agent when he opts out. So I think they're going to look at, to keep their own guys. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to start a, a, a fight okay. with the Yankees at this point. So, uh,
2: it's, Steve, it's Stevie go. Cohen we're You're talking game about game. here, John Heyman. You know the, the, the Mets
3: owner likes to spend. Yeah. Well, I, you know, there are a lot of places you can spend. And um, I just don't think he wants to start a war with the Yankees at this juncture. So... I'm gonna just. I'm gonna do you a favor, and I'll just take the Yankees versus the field, and I'm gonna go with the Yankees. <laughs> uh, right? He doesn't need two. Bad. He only I needs need one, it. and that's the
2: pinstripes it. for the Yankees. All right. As great as Judge has been, and the Yankees are going to the postseason. We all know that. Uh, I don't think the Blue Jays, the Rays, or anybody else going to catch fire and close in and make it a race in the AL East. But They have not played near as well over the last month, six weeks, certainly going back to the midway point of the season as they did in the first half when they were on a record pace to have maybe the best uh, one-loss record and winning percentage in the history of the game. Why have the Yankees flattened (laughs) out?
3: Well, I guess they're regressing to the norm. Uh, I think, you know, they're a really good team. uh, But this is probably a fair representation of how good they are, which is, 30 games over, not ripping them. Um, you know, they probably just were not as good as the 98 Yankees or the 39 Yankees or the 27 Yankees or the 61 Yankees. But they're really good. They're still on pace to win over 100 games. And, you know, they have very close to the same record as the Astros, a little behind the Mets now and certainly behind the Dodgers, who are the world beaters at this point. So, you know, I think they're really good. Um You know, are they all-time great? It doesn't appear that way at this point.
2: Is their rotation good enough for when they get to the postseason? Because at one point during the year, uh, all of the guys were clicking in. They decided to trade Jordan Montgomery. Seems like a questionable trade. Oh, by the way, Harrison Bader better get playing here pretty soon because Yankee fans are getting a little crazed that they traded a guy who was helping in their rotation for a player who's not yet in center field for the New York Yankees. Is their rotation. Severino coming back from injury as well. Is it good enough for the postseason this year to make a World Series run?
3: Yeah, I'll say this. They, they mean they're gonna win that division. So the regular season really I get I get the idea now. I mean it had to be explained to me, but I get the idea of the, the Bader trade because, you know, they do need help in center field. So Hicks is not having a very good year. And Bader is elite as a defender. So I, I get that move. They thought Montgomery was not a playoff order for them of course you never know with pitching you know you need that extra pitching and he's solid you know he could win a playoff game he may not be obviously scherzer or cole or something like that but he's pretty good so that was certainly a sacrifice to, to give him up for a for a vader um and i i see what you're saying about he needs to be, come back soon i get it uh but i i do understand that trade now and i think uh I think it it does make sense the, the rotation. I think you know, assuming health for Severino, you've got Cole, Montas, Severino, and Cortez. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, you know, is it as good as the Mets' rotation? Probably not, but I think it's comparable to the other playoff rotations. You might rank Houston slightly ahead of them, but pretty pretty comparable, or the Dodgers, pretty comparable, I'd say. You know, I think there are four teams, really, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Mets, and the Yankees have really separated themselves. We could see if the Braves or the Padres join them or another team, but basically there are four super teams, and I think the Yankees are one of them. So I think it's certainly good enough, assuming health.
2: putting And John Heyman, our Odyssey MLB insider here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Putting the four super teams aside, uh, other teams are going to have to make the postseason via the wild card route in their divisions. And the wild card is pretty interesting right now in the American League. Uh, Toronto's got the best record. Seattle is entrenched right now. Tampa has the third and final spot. The Orioles, just a half game behind the Rays, and those two teams meet this weekend. Do you think the general manager of the Orioles is second-guessing himself when at the trade deadline they sent out Trey Mancini uh, because they didn't necessarily know or believe they could be a wild-card team? Are they doing any uh, significant second-guessing in Baltimore right now?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. They, They did get pretty good pieces back for Mancini um, and certainly, they traded their closer, Jorge Lopez, who was really having his first good year. And it was a great year. So um, they've replaced him with Felix Bautista, who's been really good. But you know, you liked like both of them. So he, he may be. He did, I spoke to him this week. He didn't really say that. You know, you know, it's the modern GM is to really, you know, figure out exactly where you stand. I mean, I give that clubhouse credit for hanging in there and not being. Negatively affected, Uh, you know, I think in Milwaukee, they certainly were when the hater was traded at the deadline and they didn't come up with the hitter that most people thought they needed. Uh, Baltimore took a step back for this year to take steps forward in future years. And I I give that clubhouse a ton of credit. They've been amazing. I mean, nobody would have thought they'd be five over. Obviously, Rutschman has been really good. uh, But, uh, you know, they're getting... Big, big contributions from guys who were really looked at as journeymen previously, including Mateo, who's been really good. Um, you know, they have a great future, and you know, I mean, he enhanced their future. But uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. To be short answer, I don't know if he regrets it at all. Probably not, um, because it doesn't seem to have affected them.
2: If they come up one game short when we get to the end of the year, I'll have you on and we'll revisit this question. I think they made a major mistake, but that's just me. All right, jumping over to the National League. Phillies and Mets this weekend should be a real good series. Phillies got beat yesterday afternoon, but they had one Eight out of nine prior to uh, they've jumped into the number two spot in the wild card. They actually put their nose in front of San Diego at this stage. Braves are the top wild card team, uh, uh, like with the Yankees. I don't think anybody's catching the Mets in the NL East, but the wild card race should be interesting. I proposed this on a show that I did last week, John, and uh, basically everyone has either uh, turned their nose up at me or laughed at me, and I stand by my stance. See if uh, the uh, baseball savant, John Heyman, agrees with me. Uh, The Phillies' top two starters are Aaron Nola and uh, Wheeler. I think either one or both could have or should have made the all-star team. they having those kind of seasons. Neither one did. I think they got shafted, but that's just me. Um, and then there's a drop-off to whoever's going to pitch that third game in the wild-card round. Ranger Suarez has picked it up of late, He's had a couple of good outings, hasn't really gone deep in a game after coming back from the injured list. But there's a drop-off after the top two starters. If you were the Phillies' manager, which is Rob Thompson, who, oh, by the way, has done a dynamite job since taking over from Joe Girardi, what would you have your rotation be for that three-game playoff against you whoever you happen to be uh, facing off in in the wild card round?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a tough call. You know, I mean, how, how's Gibson doing lately? I mean, he's got a little more experience. Um, I could see going that route. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I would would think Gibson, off the top of my head, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Suarez is doing better. He was really good last year. Um, That's not a terrible choice either. Um, You know, I could see people in Philly saying, well, we got two great starters. It's all about starting. You know, one thing I will say, I, I don't, I think it's starting pitching is important, but. I think it's always overrated in terms of the importance of having great starters. We saw I mean this I'm dating myself here, the Twins win a World Series with two really good starters and that was it. You know, the Braves were said to have the best rotation top to bottom for a decade. They won one uh World Series. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's too much emphasis on who your rotation is? I think it's the whole team that counts. I think it's it's the bullpen, it's the, the hitters, the lineup, the backups. They all count. It seems like everybody is focused on the rotation. I think it's I think it's overdone. I really do. I mean, I can name several examples where the best starting pitching did not win. Understood. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I I don't. I I think you can win like that. They have great hitting, particularly when Harper comes back. And they have two great starters. Um, I wouldn't count them out. They're dangerous. Here's
2: here's here's what's my line of thinking that basically no one agrees with me. Uh, whether you pick Nola or Wheeler, and it'll probably be Wheeler because Nola, a couple of years running now, has been lesser in September, and the Phillies haven't made the playoffs in a decade, so there are no October games to judge, but he has had a drop-off in September, and you don't know if that's coming. You can certainly evaluate it as you go through September, uh, but as of right now, I would say Wheeler is going to be your opening starter when you get to the postseason. And then I would start either Suarez, Gibson, or Syndergaard, whoever you decide is your other postseason starter. And if you win game one, I would hold Nola till game three. I Everyone, oh, you're going to put your first two stars out there. Win the first two games, then go. Just move on to the next round. No, 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 no. I'd rather hold one of them to game three. If you win game one, if Wheeler goes out and does what he's supposed to do and win game one, Put your other guy in at game number two. Have Nola ready to go game three, the decider, or if you do win those first two, have him ready to go the next series and start the NLDS with a quasi-ace in Aaron Nola. Am I just whistling Dixie here, or am I on to something?
3: Well, I don't think it's crazy, but, you know, maybe I'm – I don't know, maybe I'm a traditionalist. I, I would I would start to win two there. I am sorry. Um, not, not terrible. I mean, it makes some sense. Um, I don't know, the Yankees always had a great pitcher going game two when they were winning all those years, and it was almost always petted.
2: Um,
3: you know, all the games count the same. So You know, I don't see anything wrong with going with one and two in that order. rather than saving
2: them. All right, damn it. I'm Uh, sorry. I I thought I could get Heyman with me. Damn it. All right, fine. The cheese stands alone, and so does Jordy McDonald. I got no problem with it. I'm sticking to my guns. That's how I would do it if I were the Phillies. All right, uh, Field of Dreams. Uh, Has it lost its luster? I'll be honest. I flipped it on. I flipped it off. I flipped it on. I watched the NFL. uh, Meaningless preseason games last night. It was great uh, last year, but kind of a been there, done that thing? How long are they going to keep heading off to the cornfields of Iowa?
3: Well, they're certainly going to do it another year, I'm sure. But uh, it was tough to top last year. There was such a great game with two really good teams. White Sox were a really good team at the time and such an exciting finish, and it was, you know, it was new. So you weren't going to top that. I thought they did as much as they could considering they had two lousy teams playing. That certainly hurt. I like the interview with Joey Votto. Certainly the Griffies coming out, all those Hall of Famers. I mean, I think they did as much as they could have done. Uh, a lot of good gimmicks, but, uh, yeah, they weren't going to beat that first one. Um, I think it'll go on a while. Um, they need to get better teams in there, though. I think that took that a little bit of luster out of it. You've got two rebuilding, shall we say. I mean, you could say tanking, but I'll, I'll go with rebuilding teams. um I, it's nice that they were traditional teams, that they're long-time teams, but uh, they need to be good teams, I think. I think that that was the issue last night.
2: Actually, I thought that was one of the best things about it because as as fun as it is – you are in the midst of a season, and you're trying to accomplish something and get to the playoffs, and you got to add two road teams, nobody getting a home field advantage. And like, Actually, I was okay with the fact that it was two also rad teams that were in there, but maybe I'm a cynic. All right, uh, last thing, I chided the Orioles for uh, trading off some key pieces, and they're still in the wild card mix. That's my American League, what the hell were they thinking team. In the National League, it's the Brewers. They trade off Josh Hader, who I know they might have had a problem resigning, getting a contract done with him, and he marches to the beat of his own drum, but he is one of the most talented relievers in all of baseball, and they ship him out, and they inherit the Padres' mediocre closer and not guys who can help them right away. They were a team that was screaming for the addition of a bat, and they didn't get it. Which one is more culpable, the Orioles or the Brewers, if both of those two teams miss out on the playoffs for not doing their job at the trade deadline?
3: Well, I think it's the Brewers. I mean, I wrote about that today in the Post in my in my notes. I I did a long thing on the Brewers. Um, you know, there were a lot of bats available. Many of them were in their division. It was going to be tough to probably get the Cubs to trade a bat to the Brewers, and they ended up keeping Happ and Contreras, but. You know, Drury went to the Padres. Like, everybody went to the Padres. Josh Bell went to the Padres. Their own hater went to the Padres. I mean, you know, I get it. Milwaukee's one of the two smallest markets. They need to be creative. They are smart. I could have lived with a hater deal um, if they had gotten that bat, but they, they never did come up with a bat. I know they talked about Jock Peterson, but he didn't get traded. Um, you know, I think at some point you got to overpay and get that bat because that was something they clearly needed and as it turned out, I mean Hater we may think he marches to the beat of his own drummer, but he was he loved in that clubhouse, you know, the guys all came up with him and um he was almost automatic. I now mean, he had two rough outings in July after going eleven months with giving up no runs in the regular season. You know, maybe that was the impetus combined with the affordability question, but certainly depressed that clubhouse and it showed the first two games they lost in the pen against pittsburgh a team they almost always beat and uh, just got them going on a slide i mean you're in first place you know the brewer the, the orioles were at least on the outside looking in at that point they're now up to only half game out but you know to be in first place and to go backward I think that's a mistake. Um, So, well, I think they're smart. I think they have smart themselves.
2: All right. At least I'm on the same uh, uh, plane with uh, John Heyman on that one. He'll come around to my putting a secondary starter into the second game over a potential ace. Everyone else at some point will come around to my uh, thinking outside the box line on that one, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Mr. Heyman, it's always good to catch up with you. I appreciate whenever you jump on with me, be it here, the fan, uh, WIP, wherever else. Always a pleasure, bud. Thanks.
3: All right, Jody. Good talking to you. See you later.
2: You got it. That is our Odyssey MLB insider, John Heyman. Insider Calls are presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets, do real proven analytics. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. All right, Jody Mack, coming back, filling in for Bill Ryder today. Keep it where you've got it right here on CBS Sports Radio.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening
2: to the Writer Than You podcast. Journey Mack in for Billy Art today. Appreciate you tuning in here on CBS Sports Radio. Thank John Heyman for popping aboard, giving us his latest MLB insights as our Odyssey MLB insider. All right, uh, when I take the mic, it makes me the insider for the length of the show, right? Or at least I'm supposed to be. Sometimes I live up to that reputation. Sometimes I do not. But they like to put Bill Ryder to the test on a daily basis here on CBS Sports Radio. And since I'm throwing in for him, they're going to put me to the test. It's that time we play Buy or Sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or
4: Sell on Ryder Than You. All right, Jody, let's start where we always do, by talking some NFL. Now, despite many of their starters not seeing any game action, the Ravens extended their preseason win streak to 21 games last night. Baltimore has not lost a preseason game since 2015. Buy or sell there being any value in the Ravens' preseason win streak?
2: Yeah, I told you. See, here's the plus and the minus. Uh, peek behind the curtain. Uh, I never look at the buy or sell questions that Tommy's going to ask because I want to give him responses right off the top of my head. I don't want to preconceive and write down notes. No, I just want to answer the questions off the top of my head. Problem is, every once in a while, I'll have covered something in the first segment of the show that's going to pop up in buy or sell. Like I told the story of Dick Vermeil telling me, hey, he coached to win every game he ever coached, preseason Play it regulars. It didn't matter. Every single game was there to be won. He tried to win it, and he believed that that uh, helped his players get the winning attitude that they need. So it sure as hell is better than losing. Do I think it puts them at a competitive advantage over the course of an entire season that you rate them more than the talent that they have? Very little. I, I, I don't think it moves the needle much. But even if you're moving at the smallest part, why wouldn't you do that going into a season? So I think for Coach Hawboy, you should get a ton of credit for being able to claim that record.
4: All right, let's stay in the NFL here. The Patriots also made their preseason debut last night, losing to the Giants. And after the game, head coach Bill Belichick was asked about the offensive play calling.
5: We saw both uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge uh, taking turns on uh, play call duty tonight on the offense. Is that the plan moving forward, having switched back and forth? And do you plan on naming a uh, a single guy or going with both?
4: Yeah. Well, you know, we we did this game. We did a lot of things in this game that are you know going to be beneficial in the long run. So whether it's on the coaching staff, playing time, as players play and so forth, I mean that's all you know, part of the process.
3: Uh, Bill, what were some of the benefits of having Joe and Matt call plays tonight? I thought it would be a good good opportunity for us to do that.
4: Head coach Bill Belichick already in preseason form, not (laughs) wanting to answer any questions. My question to you, Jody, buy or sell the Patriots, not naming an offensive coordinator, will be a storyline throughout the entire season?
2: No, uh, because I do believe they're going to name a play caller. I I don't think this process will extend into the regular season. Belichick's going to make a call. He just hasn't made it yet, and he's got his own reasons for not having made it yet, and he's not sharing them with anyone else, and he doesn't have to because he's Bill Belichick. But I would be very surprised if this continues into uh, week number one. i got to believe at some point, uh, and they may do it all three preseason games, but at some point I think Belichick's going to make the call between Patricia and Judge.
4: Sell. All right, Jody, let's get to some NBA here. Now, there's been plenty of speculation and rumors this past week that the Boston Celtics have interest in trading for Kevin Durant. However, even without Katie, Caesar Sportsbook has the Celtics at the highest projected win total for next season at 54 and a half. Buy or sell that the Boston Celtics should be interested in acquiring Kevin Durant.
2: (sighs) You're talking about one of the top two or three players in the NBA. So how do you say no? Uh, No, we don't want him. We don't need him. What are you talking about? He's one of the top two or three players in the league. Some warts attached. Certainly has moved to the top of the NBA diva list with uh, certain situations that he's handled certain ways the last couple of years. Yeah, if the deal is right, if Boston can put a deal together, if it's Jalen Brown, but not market smart as the other part of it. I would at least uh, stay on top of it and see what uh, the Nets are going to do. If they don't trade him to the Celtics, they may trade him to the Sixers. And if you put Kevin Durant with Harden and Embiid, all of a sudden they become championship contenders. Yes, I buy the fact that the Celtics should be at least staying involved, whether they get it done or not. Uh, The deal for Kevin Durant is something they've got to stay in the mix for.
4: Bye. All right, Jody. Now, speaking of Kevin Durant, this week on his podcast, Draymond Green was asked, who was the better scorer in their prime? Carmelo Anthony or Kevin Durant?
6: I'm going to go with Melo. The reason I'm going to
3: go with Melo is actually this in specific. We were playing against him at the Garden. It had to be my first and second year in the league. And Melo caught the ball in the post. He faced up on me, put his shoulder into my chest. I may have fouled him a little bit, maybe not and he went through my chest and I got the stop, he missed. I maybe fouled him, maybe not. Turned around to the referee, call the foul! and We go back down the court, come back
6: down. He did the exact same pl- move the next
3: play and made the referee call the foul. And the reason why that's such a big deal to me is because as a scorer, you like you go into slumps, you have bad shooting nights. And the one thing that breaks score slumps can be a free throw, and just knowing that Melo could get to the free throw line like that, that's why I'm going to pick Melo.
4: Buy or sell that Carmelo Anthony was a better, pure scorer than Kevin Durant.
2: That's a nice story that Draymond just told right there. Uh, I was entertained by it. Doesn't equate to what he eventually equated it to, that it makes Melo a better scorer than Kevin Durant. No, he wasn't. Night of a close. Sell. Ridiculous. Uh okay. well, Draymond can get ridiculous with the best of them. All right, Jody Mac, trying to not be ridiculous, coming down the home stretch here on the Bill Ryder Show. Writer than you. I'm in for Billy today. We'll come back. Last segment coming your way. If you want up on the phones. I say this every time I'm on here, and then the phones don't ring. Uh, so it's on you guys if you uh, want. You can hop aboard at 855-212-4227. If not, we'll come back. We'll check the skid for the NFL action preseason tonight. Uh, we'll talk uh, maybe a little baseball as well, getting out the door. But we got to get you caught up in everything going on in the world of sports. Here with the latest CBS Sports Update. It's Peter Schwartz.
5: Selling a little or a lot? shopify.com slash odysseypodcast all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New
0: iPhone 15s?
1: Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
6: our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Jerry Mack in for Bill Ryder on Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. Come down the home stretch. A uh, little self-serving notice, yours truly, you'll be here this weekend on CBS Sports Radio, Saturday, 10 to 2 Eastern, P to A, that is, uh, for you West Coasters, that would make it uh, 7 to 11. Uh, be aboard on both Saturday and Sunday, which is 2 to 6 Eastern and 11 to A to 3P, for the West Coast. i got two guests already logged in for the weekend. On Saturday, the former general manager of the Washington Redskins turned talk show host in Baltimore, Vinny Serrato, going to hop aboard. I've been doing it on the uh, shows. I've been doing on the weekends here, trying to get as many team previews in before the season starts. Uh, Vinny covers the Ravens day in and day out down there in Charm City. So he's going to hop aboard with us on Saturday. And then uh, Sunday... Uh, one of the longtime NFL writers, Hall of Fame voter these days covering the Arizona Cardinals for Sports Illustrated. Howard Balzers going to hop aboard on uh, Sunday. I got a Hall of Fame question or two for him, but mostly we'll get him on to preview the upcoming Cardinals season. So those two guys will be on with me over the weekend. Thank John Heyman, for hopping on with me earlier. All right. NFL stuff uh, threw this out at the top of the show today. My producer, Tommy D, said, oh, maybe we should start with this. No, Uh, I'll give it its just due, but I'm sorry. Antonio Brown has uh, served his purpose in the NFL for me. I don't think he's ever going to play again. Don't think anybody's going to reach out to him this year. And maybe it's a good thing because Antonio was crazy enough to state yesterday the biggest regret that he has for his career in the NFL to this point and I will say forever because I don't think he's ever going to play again, uh, is that he didn't get a chance to see Antonio Brown play live. That uh, he wishes that he could have just sat in the stands or sat in front of his TV and watched uh, Antonio Brown play NFL football, which is, of course, metaphysically impossible since he'd have to be on the field to be able to watch himself play. But he didn't. Uh, And, yes, Antonio Brown, more so than taking his uniform off as he left the field in a game more than running his way out of uh, Pittsburgh with a coach that bent over backwards to try and defend him Uh, more than annoying Tom Brady who went to the wall for him like no other player in the history of national. No, no, no. that's not what he regrets most. What he regrets most is the fact that he didn't get to see himself play live. Okay. Antonio, Uh, And that might not have been, no, it had to be the weirdest. I I retract that statement. But maybe the most cringeworthy statement, at least in the offices at 345 Park Avenue, which is the uh, home office of the National Football League, yesterday, was uh, Brett Favre, Hall of Famer, who doing a guest spot on, Bubba the Love Sponges podcast, a radio show. I'm not sure which one it was. Um, But uh, he did say to Bubba yesterday that when he was a National Football League player, he probably had thousands of concussions. Now, I know from time to time, I use hyperbole, hyperbole here on the air on CBS Sports Radio. And I hope that most people pick up on it when I use it. Uh, Some people just take everything that is said literally. But most times you're going for either making a point and or a yuck, trying to get a little laugh out of somebody for taking that, uh, what seems like an outrageous stance. I hope that's what Brett Favre was going with. If he wasn't, then shame on him, and the National Football League cannot like that any way you slice it once the words come out of his mouth. Concussions in football is not something the NFL wants ex-players joking about. And I didn't hear this. I just uh, saw the uh, printed edition of his statements thereafter. I don't know how he said it or in what context he said it, But I know that he said he probably had thousands, not a thousand, thousands, as in plural, concussions during his playing days in the National Football League. Yeah, no, they're not happy at uh, 345 uh, Park Avenue right about now. That's something that the NFL takes very serious. Have you seen the Guardian helmets that all these guys are wearing in practice these days? Uh, For those of you of a certain age listening to me right now, you'll get the reference. They look like the great gazoo, which was a uh, I'll get Tommy involved here because he's one of these young up and coming star producers at CBS Sports Radio. Do you get the reference when I say the NFL players in practice look like the great gazoo these days, Tommy?
4: Have I heard of the great gazoo? Yes, I have. Do I know what you're trying to reference? I have no idea.
2: Okay, well then tell me what you know of as the Great Gazoo.
4: Oh, all I know is I've heard those words before. I've heard of the Great Gazoo. I have no idea you, what no it idea. is.
2: Um, have you heard of a cartoon by the name of the Flintstones?
4: Oh, yes. That one's in my wheelhouse. I'm all over that one.
2: Well, that's what the Great Gazoo was on. The Great Gazoo was on the Flintstones. Oh, he was you're hour-
4: right. Yeah, now that you say it, yeah.
2: And he wore this big, oversized, ugly helmet-type hat that he had on. And that's what the NFL players look like these days with the added pads of the Guardian cap on top of the helmet they're already uh, wearing to keep concussion possibility to an even reduced level. And they just look foolish and stupid when they're wearing them in practice. But you put up with it because it does serve a purpose. I'm sure it does. They've done all the scientific research. It reduces the chance of the possibility. I don't know if you saw this. Robert Sala, the coach of the Jets, came out and said that he actually thought another time, I'm sure there was cringing going on at 345 Park Avenue, uh, that he thought that it was a bad idea to go with these things that the players get used to using them and hit with their heads even more so in the practices that they're having and then when they're going to take them off to play in the games, they're going to forget that they don't have them on up there and they're going to do more damage to themselves. So yeah, Robert Salah got himself in trouble as well. No, that's the reference I'm making. The great gazoo hats that the players are wearing in the NFL. They will not be wearing them tonight. Throughout the games that are going to be played, last night we got the Giants over the Patriots 23-21. The Ravens over the Titans, although Malik Willis made some plays. His coach said he's got to be a little bit more decisive, um, but I, I, uh, the, the highlights that I saw I looked pretty impressive. Now, it's just highlights because that game was not nationally broadcast. We've got two nationally broadcast games tonight on the NFL Network. The Falcons and the Lions, there's a barn burner. Uh, you, you might want to watch this one because these two teams will not be playing in January. Um, the Lions because, I guess, they're the Hard Knocks team. And, yes, I, I get sucked in every single year to Hard Knocks, and I watch – and you get to see the coaches and the players interact. We, we just had the first episode this week, and it was mo- mainly about the coaches because Campbell is as quotable guy as he is. He's a likable guy. They had the rookies go up and do their singing and dancing uh, for their teammates, uh, tradition, long tradition, standing tradition in the NFL, which was actually fun and enjoyable. I'm still a hard knocks guy, and I do get sucked in, and at least get a feel good about the team that's on hard knocks but then i come back down to earth and go yeah the lions are gonna stink despite the fact that i may like uh dan campbell and uh deuce staley who's a former eagles coach who i got to know a little bit when he was in philadelphia good dude pretty good coach Uh, Jamal Williams gave a very impassioned speech at the end of a practice where he was almost brought to tears about how they need to be better than they were last year, and this is us, and joined together, and kumbaya and everything. The Lions are going to stink again this year, sorry to say, uh, Detroit fans. Uh, They get the Falcons, so uh, I don't even know if Marcus Mariota is going to play tonight. Uh, So the Falcons and Lions, 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock out there on the West Coast. If you've got an early out on Friday from work, you can get some NFL action between the Lions and the Falcons. And in a later game, 8.30... They're going to wrap that first game up in about two and a half hours? I don't know. they only got two and a half hours between start times of the two games the NFL Network is going to uh, be broadcasting. My guess is you will not get Green Bay San Francisco joined in progress. You, whenever they kick that game off, the NFL Network's going to jump to it. So if you're you're wagering on tonight's Falcons-Lions game, and it's hanging in the balance for the last couple of minutes, you may have to go to your phone to find out whether you won or lost your bet because I'm predicting they'll go to the start of that Green Bay game. It's not going to be with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. It will be Trey Lance starting for San Francisco tonight, but the Packers at San Francisco, we know they played in the last game. The Packers played last year when, they went, uh, when San Francisco went into Green Bay And ousted the Packers from the postseason. Uh, So you got a rematch of last year's playoff matchup between Green Bay and San Francisco. In between those two games, you've got the Jets and the Eagles, a game that I'm obligated to watch tonight because I'm a Jet fan and I do an Eagle-related YouTube show Monday through Friday. Uh, So that will be my main focus of attention the Cardinals and the Bengals in Cincinnati also tonight. I don't think either, well, when Burrow isn't going to play because he hasn't played in this preseason, I don't, well, maybe you'll get Kyler Murray. If they're that worried about him studying the playbook, you've got to put it into action right off the bat as soon as you get a chance, right? Cardinals and Bengals. And in the game, I will just keep an eye on because I'm going to want to see how it's handled The Browns in Jacksonville against the Jags. And as of right now, I've been keeping an eye on Twitter and uh, all the other websites. Uh, No announcement has been made as to whether the suspension has been changed or upheld for DeJuan Watson. So as of right now, he's going to be in the game and the starting quarterback for Cleveland when that one gets underway. So we got some good Friday stuff. Saturday. Kansas City at Chicago. Oh, my God, Justin Fields. You know I'm a big fan. They've done absolutely nothing to upgrade that offense this year. I feel he's going to get killed, and it could start tonight against Kansas City. Uh, Carolina against Washington. You know the quarterback battle that's going on in Carolina. Both Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield will play tonight, and we'll get to judge him. My guy, Matt Corral, who I liked in last year's draft and think will eventually become the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. He'll get a chance to play a little bit tonight, although he won't be the starter opening day. Uh, Colts and the Bills, two teams that are banking on being in the postseason. Matt Ryan, I don't know if he's going to get a chance to play tonight uh, against Buffalo. Seattle and Pittsburgh, Mitch Trubisky gets the nod uh, Pete Carroll saying, you can't believe what Drew Locke is capable of doing. There's another one I just don't buy. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has gotten to be such a good liar in his old age. If he's not, then he's not as good a talent evaluator as I think he once was. I don't think Drew Locke can play. But he's going to get the start tonight for Seattle against Trubisky of Pittsburgh. Uh, All-Florida game, the team that... Yes, Tom Brady still plays for, but he's not playing tonight. He's not going to be around the team for a couple of weeks getting some downtime, personal time. Against the Dolphins coming in with Tua Tungavaloa, who is the quarterback, although Miami went out of its way to try and get their hands on Tom Brady when he was under contract to uh, Tampa Bay. And, oh, by the way, the owner is in suspension right now and paid millions of dollars because he did what he did. Uh, So Dolphins and Bucks. I'll try and find out about that one. Uh, New Orleans and Houston, Dallas at Denver, and the Rams against the – Chargers, L.A. versus L.A., the late-night game. Uh, Not one, not two, not three, four games on the NFL Network on Saturday and then another one on Sunday between the Vikings and the Raiders. I'll be talking about it all weekend here on CBS Sports Radio. My thanks for Tommy D. doing a great job producing today's affair, filling in for Billy R. Your boy Bill will be back on Monday. I'm here all weekend. Have a good one, everybody. Stay here on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or
1: you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network.